And we're back. About damn time. Really? Seriously? Yeah, I think the drugs are kicking in. It's probably good because I'm topless. That's what all podcasts need. God, we are. Bad Philosophy, episode 91, recorded on May 29th, 2011. The Book of Wire. Hello everyone, welcome in one to Bad Philosophy, upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time. We're back for episode 91, everyone, and uh, we've got a new guest on the show. Fantastic. <laughs> I always love having some, some fresh blood in here. It's been a uh, while. Yeah. <laughs> well, first up, let's let's introduce uh, the man you know and love, uh, Mr. Kevin Saunders, in person for the first yes! time in a while. <laughs> Apparently somebody a fan. <laughs> you have a fan here. Okay, somebody just cheered in the background. In case y'all couldn't hear that. Uh, where I guess I should do this. the the venue for today. We're in a, uh, a coffee shop in Austin. <laughs> Tech sends the coffee, and they're uh, they're an excited they're very excited here. for us. Yeah. <laughs> they just discovered something. Indeed, uh, but we've also got Mr. Kevin Saunders here, uh, back in person here in Austin, Texas, uh, with his uh, with his significant other, uh, Amy. What's your, what's your last name? Gunther. Gunther. Okay. Welcome to Bad Philosophy, Amy. So Thank you. We have a little tradition here. First time you're on the show, tell us a little bit about yourself and why we should care. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am finishing my master's thesis in theater studies at Miami University right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm moving down to Austin to get my PhD in performance as public practice at UT. Cool. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. I'm from North Carolina. Fantastic. <laughs> this, is a, this is a little bit different from, from North Carolina, just, it is. just slightly. Okay. It is. <laughs> well, it's, it's fantastic having you on the show, Amy. Welcome, Thank you. welcome, welcome. Uh, and yeah, Kevin, you are back, back here uh, in Austin for uh, a bit of a special reason. I, I don't know if we've talked about this officially on the show. We before, haven't talked about this, but not a lot. But you are actually moving to the Austin area yes. because uh, Amy. Recently, you got that uh, gig at UT. Yep. Uh, so, y'all are looking for a place. Flew in on, yep. on Thursday, yeah. right? And, uh, and you're flying a place on Friday. Yeah, we're flying yeah. out. Wow. It's really <laughs> That's amazing. Easy in Austin. Yeah. So well, how did y'all? How did y'all go about looking for an apartment here in Austin? Uh, we found a guy. Um, well, <laughs> we have the locators here in Austin, which seems to be kind of unique to the Austin area. So, I just found one online and nice. was communicating with them, tell them what we want, and. So he did all the legwork, and then we got here. We went to his office. He showed us. Uh, we took us to four different apartments, um, all that fit you know the stuff we've been said we've been looking for. So this was a service that you yeah. found. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. That was a locator service, and mm-hmm. found it. And I mean, of the four, we picked the one we liked the most. Sweet. <laughs> I mean, it, it was the most. Hassle-free experience I could have imagined. Yeah, because he already like picked out like no, these ones are dumps. Or, this yeah. is in a bad area. Or this mm-hmm. is a b- bad management company. So he, we did all of those out and just showed us the best of, for nice. what we could afford and mm-hmm. wanted. So now, Kevin, you are also looking to to pick up a, a teaching gig here in. Yeah, Austin, it's not right? possible. Um, okay. I've applied for an action for a theater position teaching um, in Pflugerville, which is near Austin, North yes. Austin. Um, and I'm also applying to the various substitute pools, if, you know, for, to tide me over until I can get a full-time position somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I think you've talked you know, about that a little bit before. Yeah, like bit. The subs, especially uh, with licenses, as you are, are get more money. Yeah, get yeah, more we, money. We so. get more money. Yeah, yeah, being a fully licensed teacher in the state of Texas is a benefit mm-hmm. there. Definitely. Um, so I could get by on a sub salary, although having a full-time gig with you know salary and benefits would be sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, you gotta you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm definitely excited for uh, for both of y'all uh, being in the Austin area here very soon. So, what, when potentially would you be would you be moving in? July. July. Yeah, Mid July. Mid July. All right. We have to finish uh, our thesis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, he's defending in June. Yes. I've, I've already defended, but I'm doing my revision work right now. Cool. So I'm, I'm fixing the problems with it that were identified. Mm. Well. Good luck to both of y'all, and I cannot wait to do more bad philosophies in person, because <laughs> uh, it has been a long time. I mean, the the last time we we were actively um, doing bad philosophies together was was at Texas Tech. Was that? Yeah, and, exactly. uh, you know, that was about a two year, years, well, two, two two years, years ago. ago for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the last time I was there. Yeah. 
So it's it's really exciting to, to have you back in person, Kevin. I, yeah. So let's uh we'll jump in right to the uh, to kind of some developments, other developments in the realm of the the Bad Philosophy podcast. As some of you might have noticed, we recently added a wiki to the uh, to the website. This has been a long time coming. <laughs> it's uh, yes. it's uh, definitely something that I should have added a long time ago, but. It's there now, and uh, we're, we're really hoping that it'll be a, a landing site for a lot of information, additional information for the show, other than the, the main website, because it allows you to contribute things like transcripts, like uh, histories of uh, various uh, parts of the show, of you know biographies for our various guests, and yeah. uh, you know just other little little tidbits. We do have a partial transcript from one of our uh, fans already. We do, we yes. I, I do want to do want to recognize that you have the wiki pulled up, right? Yes. Yes. Um, um, I can I can pull up the uh, the gentleman's name here, um, who recently emailed me. Yeah, started uh, transcribing episode eighteen. How long for copy wrong? How long for copy wrong? Exactly. Uh, yeah, this one this one comes to us from uh, Stephen Hoskins. So yeah, he is he's working his way through uh, through the transcript for that. And and as we uh, as we anticipated on the show, it is it is a difficult and time consuming <laughs> process to scr- transcribe. I see he tweeted at me, uh, please stop talking over each other. <laughs> That's pretty much the essence of the show, actually. So so it's hard. It's going to be a lot stop. of that. Now we we are working right now on kind of establishing some guidelines for you know what what we want the transcripts to look like. I mean in in generally in generally we'd like to have uh, time codes as much as possible, but you know maybe every five minutes or so put in okay this is this is at this time um, at the beginning say who's in the episode and then maybe have an abbreviation for their name like ST for me or uh, KS for for Kevin uh, just something simple it. Uh, I think that the abbreviations that Stephen put in there already were, were yeah, kind of STV a bit for Stephen, yeah, KVN which... for Kevin, JLI for Julie, and uh, MTL for Matt Legler. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but you know we appreciate his work, so you can, do it, he can do it however he wants. Yeah, and we can it. always we can always do a find and replace on the text there to, to standardize it. But you know, an, another thing we would like to see is on the discussion pages for for episode transcriptions. See, you know, folks talking about, hey, what, what do we want the the format to look like? Yeah. And, yeah, we'll we'll you know have have our hand in this obviously a little bit, but this is really for for you, our listeners, our, our community to to go out there and and, uh, and contribute in ways that that you want to. Uh, and it, it doesn't have to be big. You don't have to write a transcription. Just you know put in a few tidbits about Kevin or you know, your favorite quotes. <laughs> or you know or summarize an episode. or something. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, say, this is what they talked about. Mm-hmm. And they spent way too much time on this, and not enough time talking about this. <laughs> yes, the wiki is not necessarily a place for discussion. Um, the comment <laughs> threads for the individual episodes are a better place to have that. But uh, you know, we do we do appreciate uh, enthusiasm. However, I'm, I'm more on the side of uh, anti Wikipediaism, <laughs> meaning you know, put something up. I don't care. I want to see you working on it rather right. than right. Um, caring about you know rules and regulations and mm-hmm. anything like that. I'm, I am still in the process of, of speaking of Wikipedia, bringing over some of the, the wiki functionality from Wikipedia over into ours. Uh, it's not as easy as it should be. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of really obscure wiki code involved, and uh, not all of it is well documented. So. I'm I'm working on it. I have no idea how to do any of it. So yeah, I, I I didn't either. I'm figuring it out as I go. But if any of you out there are you know experts or have any experience in, in creating a wiki, please contact me because I am open to making you an op and helping you <laughs> helping you help us. <laughs> so uh, other than that, yeah, I mean I'm really excited about kind of the the prospects for the show this year. We're we're probably going to make it to episode 100 if we if we keep it up. Uh, sometime later this year, hopefully before the uh, before the end of the year. Yeah, um, nine episodes. Before nine, December. I think we can do that, especially <laughs> especially if you're here. It'll kind of help me keep motivated, and uh, <laughs> we'll actually set down a time and a place mm-hmm. we can do this. So become a regular thing. It'll become a thing. It is. It's still. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. I am wearing the T-shirt today. Yeah. Uh, for those of y'all who can't, yeah, the T-shirts you can't purchase anymore. Right. Um, I mean, I'm working on that. Yeah. I'm always. <laughs> I'll get I'll get back to you. On that. They, they were the first edition yes. limited, you know, collector's item T-shirts. I don't know why they were taken off. I think Zazzle changed their offerings or something, and then just deleted all the templates. And so I'm having to remake them. Yeah. But it's actually not that hard. I'll, I made all the images. That was the hard part. Now I just got to put them back on the T-shirts. <laughs> Anyways, 
we uh, we do actually do have a couple of uh, a couple of things to talk about other than ourselves on the show today. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this morning um, went out to uh, to breakfast with uh, with Kevin and his folks, and uh, we kind of got to talking about uh, Book of Mormon, the uh, the play that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park fame have uh, have put on Broadway. It's getting. Uh, I would say generally positive right, reviews. It's rave rave reviews. Rave reviews. Everybody seems from to love it. Every direction, it. and uh, just everything I've read, all the you know interviews, just everybody loves it. I nominated for twelve Tonys, and mm-hmm. it will win them. It will win them. It will win them. Right. I, I don't think it has enough competition from anything else that's gotten nearly the same praise it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, personally, I, I think. Uh, I, you know, I want to see it. I think it's. It, it sounds to me like it's a, It's another brilliant work by uh, by this duo that has brought us so much good, uh, you know, philosophy veiled as scatological humor uh, to <laughs> South Park. <laughs> um, but it, it's. It, you know, Kevin, you uh, you brought up a good point that it uh, it may have some flaws. Well, it's uh, actually, I didn't bring up the point originally. Yeah, Amy pointed out to me. I was I was much like you. I was very excited, ah, excited. to see it um, okay. because I, again, Trey Parker, Matt Stone is, is quite the. Um, pedigree. Mm-hmm. I've really liked their other stuff. I even liked you know, their older movies. I went and watched um, Cannibal the Musical. It's on Netflix. Really? And it's pretty bad. It looks like a student film <laughs> shot in the backwoods of Colorado, which it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it actually it actually deals with some similar topics of Mormonism, but in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and much more briefly touched on. Um, but it, it, it was a surprisingly good musical for what it was. Um, and so I'm not at all surprised because Matt and Trey have been writing musicals forever. Right. They started with Candle Musical. There's been multiple musical episodes from South Park. The South Park movie was a musical. Which was great. Which was great. It was great. It's a great film. Um, and so when, you know, okay, they're, they're coming to Broadway. I'm, I'm a theater guy. Yeah. This, this seems like a match made in heaven. <laughs> um, but, and I was talking to Amy about it one day, and this seems really neat. And Amy had apparently a little more insight into it about what was happening than I did. Well, as far as, you know, you, you knew more about the musical. Yeah, so so yeah. Amy could kind of go into a little bit like what what did you initially find that turned you on to kind of some other other aspects of this play that weren't getting enough attention. Mostly, what turned me on was when I found out that the the the, the Mormons go to Uganda. To, mm-hmm. um, so there's a very large you know African American cast. That's great, you know, for the actors there. That, that that's something that they can do. Um, and work on Broadway, but as I thought about it, um, there are a lot of post-colonial issues that go on whenever you sense something. Yeah, we have to talk about post-colonial. Yeah. <laughs> Define. Post-colonial is... Uh, I don't would judge. We spent a semester of studying that. <laughs> uh, well, I don't even know if you ta- you you have theories. You have it's a way of looking at the world. It's, it's, sort, of, it's yeah, sort of a um, lens. So I'm trying to put it into a category if, if it's... Um, yeah, a lens of which to look at the world, mm-hmm. and basically it looks at issues um, when when the colonizers leave a place, then what happens to the people that are there? Uh, so okay, so sort um, of like post-apocalyptic after the yeah, right. but, yeah, but after are, the colonial empires. There are different ways people view the word "post" used mm-hmm. in post-colonialism, yes. but mm. I, for simplified purposes purposes here, um, saying after, you know, after the British got kicked out of, of India, after, you know, they got kicked out of um, all the different places that they were colonizing, and it's generally, the colonizers are Western, so yeah. the United States, um, Britain, France are the, the big ones mm-hmm. um, that, that did the most damage, so post-colonialism is, um, is a field of academic study in which you look at, at the, the issues that are brought, and it largely has to do with identity mm-hmm. and how um, having a colonizer there, changing your way of life. Um, Usually for your betterment. Is yeah, the, is yeah, the, yeah. Idea, the excuse is, you know, these people are uneducated, these people are, are savages is a mm-hmm. word commonly used, and yeah. so we have to come Natives. in and make it better for them. Right, so um, it, it's using our uh, our meaning Western. I'm putting myself in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, how we view morals and ethics and laws, um, and imposing it mm-hmm. on other people. Essentially, a, a cultural transformation or a cultural normalization. Uh, of, you know, 
transforming their their native beliefs yeah. into, well, and, into I mean, ours. And, and it happened for you know hundreds of years. Yeah. That's what we did. I mean, oh, and it's, it was yeah. it was acceptable because we needed to it, we needed resources, so we needed to, to, it, was to make it easier acceptable to us. To us. Yeah. As Western, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Western empires. Yeah. They weren't as fond of it, the people we were conquering. No, no, no. Well, no. <laughs> so, and uh, going back to, to, what, to how this fits into uh, the Book of Mormon. So, what I knew is you have two white American mm-hmm. males going into... A.K.A. the, um, the phallocentric portion of the universe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, going into Uganda and converting Africans. Who are have their own cultures just to Africans. Mormonists, yeah. I mean, that, that, to the yeah. Ugandans, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's a problem, yeah. Because it's making it. Um, th- I knew that that had the potential for problems mm-hmm. initially when I was talking to Kevin about uh-huh. it, but I had, had other things to do and, and <laughs> was kind of in passing. So I this. you know, as and, and so, so sort of what I, what I was coming back on this was because we were going back and forth over okay. So Trey Parker and Matt Stone did this in the mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to tie into their their overall uh, critique or maybe even lack thereof of the Mormon faith in this play. I mean, we, one of the things we talked about is it's not it's not as critical of the Mormon religion as as it as maybe it certainly could be purports no, to be or yeah or could be. It's or sort of. Um, I mean, the, the Mormon Church has almost come out and approved of it. Um, there's, there's a quote, you know, a quote from Wikipedia. Um, no, this is not the Book of Mormon, the musical. Well, while you're looking for that, yeah. let me just clarify yeah. that neither of us have seen it. Nobody has seen it. Okay, have done yeah, it obviously, is yeah, this is to listen soundtrack. to the soundtrack and to make a fair statement about anything we really you need have to, to see. It. See <laughs> it. I, I mean, for a musical, the soundtrack is pretty much. Well, but you need to see how it's staged uh-huh. as well, and you need to see mm-hmm. what the actors are are physically doing right. to see um, those so gestures it's, it's as not, well. Not but complete. We're trying to raise questions more so than give answers. Mm-hmm. But but certainly from from what is out there, it's it's obvious that the play does not go as far as it could. Um, it's not as scathing to the Mormon religion as even some episodes of South Park have been. Yeah, uh, it, it's it portrays the faith in, in a relatively accurate light, um, even to the point where, where a lot of those in the Mormon religion have identified with a lot of the uh, a lot mm-hmm. of the actions and a lot of the uh, a lot of the ideas in the play, and uh, and kind of like you said, uh, almost signed off on them as okay, yeah, this is about how it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without too much exaggeration. I mean, they, they, they sort or, of said, uh, you know, if this. Uh, you know, and, and in reality, this is what the Mormons do. They send right. people to countries to convert them mm-hmm. to their faith. Um, now, so. where the problem comes in, and this is what, what really surprised me, is is that apparently, according to the, the summaries and according mm-hmm. to the soundtrack, the portrayal of the Ugandans is very stereotypical. It's uh, degrading. They're very one-dimensional, very... Um, you know, but like you said, bad characters in a bad situation, uh, uh, bad people who, in a bad who environment are portrayed as needing the Mormon missionaries to come and make their lives better. Which, which see, I to think, them. Yeah. I, and, and this again, it comes into okay, well, how is it actually staged? Mm-hmm. Is that merely a strategy on the part of Parker and Stone to to show like, okay, this is how the Mormons view this particular people group? So what we're showing on stage is from the perspective of the Mormon faith. Well, and that is something where seeing it is going to help to see where the perspective from which the story is being told. You know, if, if it really is through the Mormon missionaries' eyes, if, mm-hmm. if that's coming across. But even if it is, it's it's a problem. You need, you need to find a way to show that it's from their position and that that position isn't accurate. Right. Or, or, isn't or that there's something that's wrong super, with looking at it this way. super clear. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I compare it to, um, and this is uh, something I've been kind of rolling around in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody is terribly familiar with the Johnny Knoxville film The Ringer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of a, it was a special Olympics. Yes, special Olympics. Um, uh. The premise of the film is is entirely offensive. Um, the premise of the film is like most Johnny Knoxville. Stuff. Not, Johnny Knoxville's <laughs> We're character. Talking, this is the guy who's done Jackass, Jackass. one, two, and three D. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the premise of the film is. A, um, a guy who needs to raise a lot of money very quickly for reasons that don't really matter <laughs> um, 
decides to pretend to be mentally handicapped to get into the Special Olympics and thus win and you know, <laughs> bet on himself and gain lots of money and oh, all this sort of stuff. Um, which seems like a terribly offensive premise. <laughs> and what's interesting is the Special Olympics signed off on the film. They, they said this is a good thing. And because what, the, what they did was Johnny Knoxville's character was the one that gets made fun of throughout the film. Okay. All of the participants of the Special Olympics, and it was, it was all cast of people who were actual Special Olympic athletes. Mm-hmm. Special Olympians. Special Olympians, there's the word. <laughs> um, but they, they played their roles in the, in the film. And, but the premise of the film is they all figured out he wasn't special. <laughs> and they figured out very early on. And right. they go, you're, you're faking. Mm-hmm. And, and because he was nice to them, they help him out and stuff. And there's a, there actually is kind of a redeeming message at the end. Um, what yes. you're saying is that the Special Olympians in it have agency. Yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. And, and, so that's, okay. and that's what something that I think could have happened with the Book of Mormon <laughs> that I don't think did. Agency. <laughs> Defined. Agency is being in a subject position, basically. Okay. Being and being able to act. an independent person. Okay. Yes. Having a voice in the narrative, essentially. Not just having, having a... action. Okay. The, having power. Yes. Having power. Having, having power to make decisions to control the outcome mm. rather than being a tool of the plot. Okay. So you feel like in, in Book of Mormon, the Ugandans are simply a tool of the plot. Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's bad. That's bad. And so even if it is told through, you know, it, it changes things if it is very clearly made that it's through the Mormon's perspective. But what you still have is you have one more play that is casting... Ugandans or mm-hmm. anyone from Africa or anyone who is not white, white male through the white male's perspective. So, so why hasn't any? Why don't we hear you know activist groups uh, up in arms over this? Like why has? I don't know. Why it's is there under the so radar. much positive uh, response to this? Well, the, nobody is talking about this other. Aspect. I think I think part of it is because, from what I can tell. It, what it does, it does well. Mm-hmm. And that is, it makes catchy songs, it has clever lyrics, funny music. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of lampooning the, the Broadway musical in, in certain respects. Okay. Um, there's there's one song that, that name checks Hakuna Matata and sort of these... <laughs> oh, that's a big problem song. It's a big song. problem song. How, how so? Please, please uh, elaborate. <laughs> but it's, it's not... Uh, I don't remember what the actual words they use, um, um, but it's something I, It's like, right here. Um, the the uh, Hasadiga Ibowai is the name of the song. Oh yeah, I think I heard about this in the NPR yes. interview. Which um, means yeah. "F you, God." <laughs> yes, and it's basically saying, "Hey, we're hungry. Hey, we're full of AIDS. Hey, everything." But we're being murdered. But it's okay because we got God. Because uh, we, we hate God is what it yeah. is. Did you have a different interpretation I, I, of it? Remember part of it from the from the interview, but yeah, yeah that that rings a bell. So that, that that's uh, a problem. Thinking yeah. that all these terrible things are happening, but well, it's and it's okay. and it's supposed to be funny because the Mormons don't realize what they're singing. What they're singing. Yes, so it just sounds like this generic African, you know, uh, you know Hakuna Matata type of, uh, which is a problem. Which is a problem also, as well. <laughs> which yeah. yeah, I mean, okay, so. It's, it's taking a complex it's, situation and making it very one-dimensional. Yeah, and and as much as yes, that is funny on the face of it. it we is have to, kind we of, have to be able to look at these things critically. Bit, yeah, if yeah. you think about it a little bit deeper, it's like, mm, okay, that's. So what are we saying here? What actually? Yeah, what's the actual message? Now, okay, does this indicate that there's some sort of deep-seated racism within well, Trey a, Parker? That's, that's a stuff? problem. <laughs> I mean, that's something that I talk to, you know, trying to get my students to see too is. Uh, we grow up, um, and especially coming from white middle class, white upper class, mm, America, um, America, America, and and I am white middle class. We grow up not being able to read these identities, mm-hmm. but through anything but this white Western because that's that's the, the hegemonic, the overarching culture that controls media and things like that. And it's not it's not an intentional direct control. Is it it's really pe- that yes. overarching? I mean, yes, it is. Yes. Okay, it is. Are, are we the exception here? I guess the, the no, fact that we've been able to come it's... back around and see and see ourselves. Well, no, more people yeah. are being able to do it, but that's that's okay. rarer than you would think. But, mm. but the thing about that is, it does make everyone a little racist, <laughs> like they say in Avenue Q. Yeah, exactly. I, I made the connection <laughs> immediately. Um, yeah. and it's not a conscious thing at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 
sometimes it is. But yeah, just, it certainly can be. I, uh, my encounters with my students is they, they tell me that they're not racist because they just, they never consciously call anybody by a name based mm -hmm. on their sexuality, their gender, their skin color. Their skin color. But um, it can be a lot more subtle than that. But it's a yeah. lot more subtle, mm -hmm. um, including... Now, Trey Parker and Matt Soto are not being subtle here. Or are they? Um, I mean, are, are they... Are they Oh, they're, not, they're, not being, they're not being overtly racist. Okay. I don't think that they are. I, I don't think they consciously are. You've got are. to think they're conscious of what they're doing here, though. I mean, are they are they doing this just to kind of take a finger at society? Or what? I think what happened was they wanted to make a musical about Mormons and Mormonism. And as a side effect of that, they ended up with this musical about Ugandans being portrayed very negatively. Okay, but you think they were just careless? Yes. They, they it doesn't were the, feel like them, though. That, that <laughs> they were looking for a third world developing mm -hmm. nation. And really, anyone could do. It could have been Haiti. It could have been a number of other countries in Africa. It could have been uh, uh, a South been American least, country. You know, yeah. But well. the fact that what, what drew them to that was simply because it was in Africa, which is already seen as Africa as a mass, is seen as this. It's still seen as the dark continent. Particularly yeah. sub-Saharan Africa. You're right. We don't think well, of Libya it's, and it's seen as, as, as one entity. Egypt you know, and, and, and there are generalizable traits for the entire continent. And which not. is a huge problem in and of itself. <laughs> exactly. So if they wanted to do it there because they knew something about the Ugandan culture, the, mm -hmm. something there that, you know... But you could, you know, insert poor, dark country here <laughs> into musical, and, and that's... I just, I just can't, I just can't bring myself to believe that they would be that careless. Like, well, but see, the entire, yeah. I mean, we're talking getting actors to do the things that they're asking. So, like, none of, none of the actors and actresses in the play went, um. No, what they, well, no, they may have said, look, this may be a problem, but this is a job on a huge musical. <laughs> I so need the gonna, money. What? So they're going to eat but crow. But that's happened all the time throughout history. That's, okay. that, that has been the development of the African American. Well, uh, pre. <laughs> is this play a microcosm for the entire uh, colonial um, it project has, it, in yeah. itself? It's very like. reflective of a lot of colonial... Well, I mean, it's a colonial play. Oh, yes. It's a play about two white guys coming in, and at the end of the play, spoilers, whatever, but, they convert the entire black Ugandan cast <laughs> to Mormonism. But, uh, and, make, and make their lives better. But then, you know, go up one level, folks. it's also about Trey Parker and Matt Stone coming in with their idea for how to portray this, this certain story. And, you know, obviously they had to get African-American actors and actresses to portray the characters in there well, and who bent over and did this. It's hard to speculate without doing interviews with the actors mm -hmm. and talking to okay, them. But true. It, to be an African-American actor, you get, you still, to this day, do not get the leading roles in TV, in film, in theater. Unless you're Will Smith and make them for yourself. If you're Will Smith or Denzel yeah. Washington, mm -hmm. okay, how many more male no. African American leads? Leads? Well, I guess James Earl Jones was never a lead. Um, he played. He played the bad guys. He you got played. Morgan Freeman, Morgan who's Freeman. Yeah. no. You, you'll you'll lose count after about five. You now tell me how five. many female African American leads you've got. Ah, that's yeah. See, I'm I'm drawing a blank already. <laughs> See, so, Halle Berry. Yeah, Halle Berry. Okay. Beyonce sometimes. Beyonce sometimes. Mm. She's not much of an actress, but not she really, but she has done yeah. a lot. Yeah. As, as Angelica Houston. Um, I mean, they're out there, but they're not. They're very rare. They're you have to think about them. You have to find them. Okay. And, and so to find a job. Mm. Is 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 difficult in the first place. <sighs> that's just. I, it it seems like they they would draw the line before that. You know, if if it truly well, is as stereotypical and, and as degrading to to this uh, to this culture as it is, or as as you as you flame, how would anyone well, honestly you, feel comfortable with that? I mean, it's it's almost like someone going going in and doing blackface intentionally. <laughs> it's it's almost like which is still offensive. Which it is. It's still offensive. It's not it's not ironic or kitschy. It's it's offensive. Well, and there are people there are people who have tried to do ironic blackface. <laughs> um, the, one in particular is the Wooster Group in New York have, have done it more than one occasion recently, <laughs> and it doesn't work. Yeah, no, because there's still a lot of, of bad sentiment around that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, even even if you are 
this is a hard topic, these mm-hmm. identity issues, yes. and being able to read them and stuff. And, 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 and so at the very least, Book of Mormon does not treat them uh, delicately in any regard. Well, it's not. It's, yeah. it, it, they, they are a, uh, a tool. Mm-hmm. They, they are a playwright's tool. They, yeah. they are, right. Which is the, the case for the most non-white characters in, in all plays on Broadway in, in musicals. <laughs> they, they are a tool. Same, uh, largely the same thing with women, mm-hmm. um, in different issues. ways, but but in, um, yeah. So, so what are the consequences of this? So, let's say you know, Book of Mormon does sweep the Tonys, and it becomes really obvious and really uncomfortable uh, just what everybody has been condoning. I think that would be great. That'd be the best. Because then we'd start talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that were to happen, that'd be good. Now, what will probably happen um, is. Book of Mormon will sweep the Tonys, it'll become even more popular, <laughs> and the people who will argue about it and will identify these things are the academics stuck in the uh, back rooms of libraries. Which is a problem on the academic side as well, because we have not figured out yet how to get the terminology out of terminology land and really be able to explain it to Joe on the street, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Two years ago, neither of us would have been. No, we wouldn't have done these terms. Been we, able we did two to years of analyze study, it like and we've this. We've gotten it to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, and and that's an issue that we have to find is how to break down the ivory tower, and and get more people to think about these things. Mm-hmm. Because if if the Book of Mormon becomes hugely successful, more so than it even is, it sweeps the townies. Um, what's going to happen then is it's going to become another part of the hegemonic culture mm-hmm. that makes it okay, that makes these things acceptable. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, Book of Mormon did it, nobody complained about that. So it's a, it is a very missed opportunity in that, in that they could have done a play that treated this with much more uh, maturity, which... Well, <laughs> well, a bit different. It, they could, I think they could have, like I said, I was saying at breakfast, I think they could have succeeded a little bit more if they went mm-hmm. into rural white America. Okay, yeah, and, and, setting and the that, play somewhere else, yeah. Um, and we're dealing with those people. Mm-hmm. Because that because the issue of colonialization and empire doesn't come up as much there. No. Right. And it still gets across this idea it, it, of, it of Mormonism them trying on Mormonism to impose again. their uh, ideals on another. Yes, and, and I mean, it's almost, it's still sort of colonial. I mean, uh, it, it is, not necessarily. It is, I mean, you still, it is yeah. to some extent, yeah. Because, I mean, okay, yeah, you're coming in and saying, America, you know, you're wrong, I'm right, let me fix you. Yeah. But you're dealing with the people that have not been colonized. But it's just, yes. Gotcha. Southern America yeah. hasn't been colonized. Well, <laughs> Southern white America. Southern white America hasn't been colonized. Because slavery was a form of colonization. Yes. <sighs> so, okay. I mean, it's this really complex thing. And, and again, I think, to some extent, the Uganda thing, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to find this quote that Trey Parker and Stone did. Okay. Um, that that frightened me. <laughs> um, here, here's this is a quote. This is from um, NPR. This is from Fresh Air. Um, I don't know if this this is Stone speaking. Okay. Um, we wanted it to be in a place where you all that where you always read about where you go. Can this place get a break? They have earthquakes and then cholera and then a warlord and then famine and then no water. Um, it was just supposed to be that place, and we settled on Uganda there. Because they speak English and because it borders on Congo and Sudan who are having these problems. They're having these problems, that's my addition. So they picked Uganda because they wanted to pick a really terrible place. See, insert... Insert terrible place place. here. And and it just happened to be Uganda. Yes. So I I agree with you there. I mean, it it just seems like they, they looked at a map of Africa and went, hmm... Let's go here. Who does he speak English? Yeah, we yeah. need we need X, Y, and Z oh, criteria. Oh, there's even more. Hold on, this is this makes it worse. Okay, it's supposed to be just generic, war torn, worst place on earth. If you're in Utah, nothing you've learned in Utah when you're 18 or 19 years old makes any sense when you get there. So they literally admit that it's supposed to be a generic, terrible place. You go to certain places in the U.S. though mm-hmm. are terrible places. Are terrible, terrible places. So you can't believe that that, that takes place uh-huh. in this country. Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, go watch the wire. I mean, but no, I mean, that's just and see, and so Which, that, okay, let's let's contrast it then. Okay, so so Baltimore, I, I don't know if you can really make make the. Do you not put it in the towers, or you're going to run into the same problem because you're dealing with you predominantly so? African American population in this case. Okay, um, who have been highly still to this day, as you see through the show, are still manipulated by the law and, yeah. and the, the laws now. 
Yet I feel like The Wire treats it with a lot more respect from the other perspective than than yes. Than the, the, the characters like in The Wire have agency. Yes, they have control, and and they don't necessarily have a lot of control. And they're in a bad position that sort of sometimes forces them to make these decisions. But you become you can identify with them. As well, and, and it's and it's there they go beyond the stereotype. It's like let's go deeper into this into this well, culture and actually and flesh it out. That's part of having yeah. agency, and there's yeah. no good guys and bad guys in in The Wire. Well. There sort of are. I mean, they're, 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 everyone well, has character but flaws. But they're, they're not who you would The good guys aren't yeah. good, right. and the bad guys have a lot of good things about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that. So it, but it's it, not a clear, the law is the good guy, and mm-hmm. we come in here and we clean up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it makes not. everything better. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, the drug dealers do a lot of things that, you know, keep, that keep control. They keep, they keep you know, mm-hmm. people. He'd on the streets, but you know they keep them from from bad things happening. They 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 are fair in a lot of ways until you get to um, Marlo. Marlo, yeah, um, he's not so yeah. fair. But, but there's a sense of a code of ethics that exists. Man, gotta have a code, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sort of stuff. Um, and so, so yeah, if you, you you could contrast the portrayal of African Americans to the portrayal of Africans in mm-hmm. um, Book of Mormon, and Wire succeeds. But it is the only show. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you don't think anything else succeeds in that area? Not as well. Not like the wire does. Okay. The wire is near pitch perfect. Uh huh. In every way. Okay. Um, Yeah. I, I'm in season four right now. I'm and and season four is the education education, yeah. yeah season. Uh, and it's it's fantastic. I mean, in the the class, uh, not not to spoil it too much, but but there's a class that sort of uh, goes in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. They, they bring these these uh, the troubled eighth graders out of the classes and put them in the special project um, with a few academics from uh, University of Baltimore, and. In so doing, they kind of start to flesh out this 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 culture that they're yes. a part of of, of slinging of, of the, uh, corner the corner culture, and in so doing, they realize that oh wait, I mean there is a code here. There is there are rules to this game, and there there are good and bad ways to go about it. There's there are mature perceptions developed among this culture of the other side. Um, I loved the comparison of like school is training for the streets. Uh, the you know the kids are, are the slingers and the teachers are the cops mm-hmm. and what you can get away with in the classroom you can get away with on the streets and and the same sort of ideas translate over there um, but I think Naaman uh, yeah. Naaman Bryce yeah. he he made a good point and when they were talking about the difference what is the difference between the cigarettes and the alcohol and the drugs that they sling on the streets it's it's all the same I mean yeah well, <laughs> and yet and there is this, this cultural one difference. Is, is has been legalized by the culture. One has been accepted yeah. by the culture. One has not. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is actually you know, getting into the reason why people are saying you know legalize marijuana because that right. will change. That will start changing the culture, and you will change these problems. Now, I mean, I, I feel the wire is is occasionally, and in that season is the only time I felt it's been a little bit heavy handed in the message about the school system. And I mean the very blatant cr- no, th- criticism of teaching to the test, but I mean that it's but still. I think it was an accurate portrayal. Yeah, you, you see that, and and you go, well, why would these students stay in school and graduate? Right. There's nothing what for the them there. They're not learning anything, and we know also that teaching. <laughs> Except for them, learning the probability, like but you know, what what is for them there? And the tests themselves are, we know. Are are biased mm-hmm. towards um, anybody? Certain socioeconomic right. classes. Oh, yeah. The questions yes. that they ask, and 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 the students there, you know, asking the questions of wanting to go deeper into the math problem and figure out why so and so wants to get ten dollars from. They want to know that is yeah. is is indicative of of that bias within those tests. They mm-hmm. can't look at it and just be like, okay. they're not looking at numbers. They're looking at a culture. They, the, you know? the story. Yeah. Well, why say, would I give you ten dollars? You say Jimmy has ten dollars. He gives you five. Well, why? Why would you do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's and it's kind of like you you uh, when we were on the show about humor. You know, not being able to take something out of out of a context. Mm-hmm. You know, everything always has to be in a context. So yes. man walks into a bar with bar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and. and and so, and I think I think they did an excellent job of showing a lot of the problems that are in our educational system right now. In general, yeah, yeah. not just in Baltimore, but but in general. Yeah. Well, right. uh, you know, it's the Wire is a show about Baltimore. It pretends to be a show about police, but it's a show about Baltimore. Yeah, which in turn is a show about America. Mm. <laughs> Um, because of, uh, of anything, it's it's sort of the where the extremes are the biggest. You know, yeah, where you well, have it's, the it's, it's it's a 
you know, it's an allegory, it's a metaphor for our country in a lot of ways, yes. <laughs> um, and the problems it gets. But again, The Wire is, as far as I can tell, we haven't finished the fifth season. No. Mm. Um, as far as I can tell, a perfect television series. Mm. Um, and and I mean, just about every way the term can be used. <laughs> um, and. It's kind of sad that we don't have more stuff like that. The only thing I would pick apart is they have a very poor portrayal of women in the series. Yes. Um, but that, um, that... Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's what, two or three female characters. Uh, yeah. And the ones that... The, the other ones But I think that reflects the, the type of situations that you're dealing with. I mean, you got there's, those there's not a lot of... A lot of Females in the drug trade, and there are not a lot in. Because you got the moms, and you got the the wives. wives. So the mom that you see is Naaman's mom, who's just kind of a terrible person. Yeah. Um, and and you see. But then you've got um, D'Angelo's mom, uh, the Barksdale uh, mother. She she's. She is a very strong, I mean, almost executive type in that. But she's not in it too often. But she, but she, she, but she doesn't like to handle the business. She doesn't right. want to do it. She wants other people to do it, and she only does it when she has to. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the strongest character, female character, I think, is the DA. Yeah. And, and she, yeah. but and she's a full cast member. Yeah. But she only she she pops in. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Again, you don't get the same focus on her that you get on McNulty. And, yeah, I feel like they've somewhat uh, exploited now. Zima. Zima, nah. Kima? Kima Griggs, Kima. yeah. Really? Her, her sexuality. Yeah. That, so they earlier get on, a, they did that more so. So you but, could get a few girl-on-girl shots. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but normally it, when the nudity comes, you're just seeing the female, female nude figure. You don't That's see, true. You don't um, see a lot of male nudity. Yeah. Uh, male nudity at all. Yeah. It's predominantly... There was, there was one... In season two, no, it, it's uh, season three. No, in the, when uh, when uh, Herc walks in on the on Royce. No, no, there's, no, there's yeah. that too. No, there's one in season um, two with the um, with the kid from the from the docks. Oh yeah, um, yeah, in the bar. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's that. But that's but that's not it's not used the same way. In both those cases, it's used for humor. Yeah, I feel like that was a prop. It may have been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but in both those cases, it was used for humor. But right? even though Whereas... the, the excuse that the women aren't in doing so much of the drug training, mm-hmm. and they have a, um, and they do have a few that are especially uh, uh, Omar, Omar's crew. Oh yes, yeah, yeah Omar's crew. You know, those are some of mm-hmm. the um, exceptions. Yeah, but Snoop are... is a very tomboyish. I mean, it feels oh like yeah, yeah. Snoop Snoop is, Snoop is, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. It, and for a while, I mean, it, it's almost I think played intentionally ambiguous. Yeah, she is um, definitely her, her gender is 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 done that. But but that is also that's that that is her. Yeah, yeah. that's Baltimore casting. Very. That's I mean, that is that is who that is. Yeah. She was recently picked up for a drug charge. Really? The actress. Oh wow. The character yeah. is named after her. Her name is Snoop. So a lot of the uh, and and that's see I haven't gone into a lot of the making of and the, and the behind the scenes of of the wire yet, but I feel like a lot of their casting is Baltimore yeah. people it who is. are in the game, like because because it's so believable that that it, these people yeah. have got to have been well, in this. Some culture. of the cops are real cops. Yeah. Um, some of the the drug dealers are former drug dealers. <laughs> are, are uh, stuff like that. Um, one thing, one of the most that I think is one of the funniest things is there's a, there's a Deacon character who pops up occasionally. Yeah. Start the gym. Yeah. That actor, um, who I think does a great job as the deacon, is the person whom Avon Barksdale was based on. Really? Yes. Huh. Um, that that Dave Simon, the creator, got to know through his work with the PD and through the, the yeah. book he wrote. Um, so he was he he was that he was that guy Avon Barksdale. Okay. Um, and then after name. he got out. Kind of, it's hard to tell in his story. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, so okay. that—that's. I mean, he's—he's he's not in it anymore. Yeah, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's. But again, that was back in the eighties. That was right. many, many years ago. Man, that's see, and there's just, and I, and I get that feeling from from the uh-huh. strength of the narratives in the show. It's like this is this is real life. I mean, these are based on real stories. But and see, stuff they, that actually the, the, the creator David Simon has gone to Baltimore. He's mm-hmm. done these interviews with he's, he's lived with he's, he's It's not like, like you look at I mean, a map and said, okay, is it going to be L.A., South Chicago, Baltimore, New York, New York, Atlanta? Like, yeah, one which, of those bad. One of those cities, and then yeah. I'm going to write. It doesn't really matter because yeah. the script's already done. Now I just need to you put know, on the name and the location. Yeah. 
pick a bad plot, pick a bad spot in the U.S. And that is one of the reasons that it's so good mm-hmm. is because it is put into that context of Baltimore. Yeah. And there are, there are a lot of parallels with other parts Certainly. of the U.S. And, and I think that's intentional. Yeah. It's supposed to be clear that that happens. Mm-hmm. But, but because it is considered in a way that, going back to, I don't think the Book of Mormon was considered when picking Uganda as its mm-hmm. location, yeah. um, that benefits the wire in so many more ways. Um, so we really love The Wire here on Bad Philosophy, and uh, we could probably talk about it for a very long time. If you haven't watched the show yet, do so. Uh, there's a lot of inside baseball with it that we've been talking about. Yeah, we have. It's, it's definitely it, worth it. If uh, I, I would love to to pick just one episode of The Wire for a future show and, and just really pick it apart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Uh, for the moment, let's let's kind of move on to the uh, to the form squeeze portion of the show since we're about at that point. Uh, we've had a couple of good ones that have sort of been sitting in the queue for a long time that we've never gotten to, and, uh, and this is one that I've really been been dying to answer. It's it's deeply it, it's basically and simply philosophical, and it's it's kind of elegant in its uh, in its simplicity. Uh, okay, so I ask a lot of people this question, and they have good answers, but some don't have a clue. So if you can answer this, I will be amazed. How would you explain what sound sounds like to someone who has never heard it before? I have no idea, I'll be honest. <laughs> like, I mean, I've, I've thought about this sort of stuff before, and, um, you know, it's, it's sort of, well, you can break down, you know, the concept of wavelengths and vibrations, yes, you can, you and, can. and a person who can't hear can feel vibrations. Mm-hmm. And so that might be a place I would start. Well, but what? Okay, so let's say it's a it's an alien that doesn't have any sort of auditory sensor. Well, again, at that's, all. that's fine. Again, they can yeah. feel vibration. I mean, that's if, maybe. If, well, <laughs> we've, we've said okay. this person have, cannot hear. Yes, um, we, we've said nothing about touch. We've said nothing about the other five senses. So um, I mean, vi- vibration is is yeah is, is something that should probably be able to they probably be able to sense at least directly or indirectly. Yeah, and, and so you, you that would be a starting point. Would be you know this is now now yeah. how you interpret vibrations is, is orally versus physically is different. Yes, you know, feeling a vibration is not the same thing as you know hearing it. So but you would, there you are sometimes them, uh, sort of like seeing you know a, a picture at a certain resolution. And you can imagine what it would look like much, much sharper than, than that. Well, and you know. well, and again, kind of going, okay, so you feel these vibrations at a certain resolution. Think of them as much, much sharper and more detailed. Yeah, but I think I think even more so than you can you can show differences in vibrations. A low noise mm-hmm. and a low vibration feel differently than a high noise. So so you can create a maybe create a parallel system, right? Um, or say they can see you would you would tell them it's sort of like um, you know colors uh, deeper darker lighter <laughs> colors yeah you know yeah, yeah so, so darker lighter colors but, then, are but like, that's more uh, arbitrary I think as think so? far as well yeah because a a low rumbling noise you know you go put your hand next to a bass you know mm-hmm. a huge bass you're going to feel that and you go put it next to a tweeter uh, cranked up that's going to feel different. Sure. And so in here, there's the, with, the, with the vibrations, the physical vibrations, there's a direct correlation that's not arbitrary. You know, okay, okay. so low notes are blue, high notes are red. I still feel but like it could also cheating. be <laughs> but, no, to, to but, explain it through vibration. But yeah. well, but, but, so, but if you say, okay, well, okay, then low notes are red and high notes are blue. The, that either one of those would be. Yeah. There's no. There's no. There's no connection there necessarily. Okay. I don't know if that's the most useful way to put the question. I don't know. There's something maybe, maybe a good point. because if you are if you are talking to somebody or however you're communicating with somebody who, who cannot hear uh-huh. and who has never been I am gonna add that it's somebody who has never been able to hear so, mm-hmm. yeah. which yeah. is the reason that you need to explain it to them. Then you are telling them that this is a very, very important sense to have in explaining that's it. A good point. And they uh, f- have functioned their whole lives not having that sense. So why, mm, why try, do they need it? Try to explain it to them. Well, there's no. I mean, I don't think there's any implicit why or bias in the question. It's it's just sort of no, like I, don't know. I think maybe it's, there it's is. more. Out of it's curiosity. not implicit. Hmm. It's not, not explicit. explicit. Excuse me. It's not explicit. But it's it's saying that this is a really really important sense to have. So sort of like maybe an alien culture comes to us and and they're like. What y'all can't sense in the the higher electromagnetic, and and this is this is you have to know this. this. You yeah. have to know this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so How do you function? You don't. But you see, can't, you can't I've perceive been functioning microwaves. without yeah. perceiving the microwaves, and I'm still alive and yeah. healthy. So 
That's like a very I've, good I've point. often wondered, like, oh, I guess it would be kind of cool if I could see, you know, in the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum. Like, you know, a microwave goes off and it looks like a big bright light over there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, or, you it's know, I see all the radio waves flowing yeah, through Yeah, it's nice and, something yeah. to imagine, and maybe you're sitting having a cup of coffee and are like a really relaxed you're like yeah. hmm what would it be like to have? But, sure. to, 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 but implying that you need to describe it to someone who can't well I, I, just, I don't know if the question implies that it's just sort well, of like I, a hypothetically how would you how would you do this you know yeah. Uh, well, so why? Why would you do this? It's <laughs> yeah. not part well, of no, but that's yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I give ten bucks to Jimmy. Why? Yeah. Why am I giving him my? Why, why do I need yeah. to ask? Why is, <laughs> why, is out of the why is this deaf person? You know, if if they ask me, they didn't to say anything about it. a deaf person. They just y- you I, I see, it's well, all someone who can't hear. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you know, you look at it and you go, okay, obviously that's where this person is coming from. They're like, oh, but deaf people are so odd. How would you explain this to them? And, Which you know, is not not what. Right. The, not the, certainly not the perspective you should be taking. Exactly, but because you know, as but the, there's sort deaf of culture there's, is a culture. It's right? definitely. I mean, you can tell it's someone from. It's a hearing person who is asking, curious, a, question. asking a question about you know how would you relate to a deaf person? So. Uh, yeah. Okay. Obviously, <laughs> y'all can see deeper into this or want to see this deeper into it. I, I look at it from the yeah. philosophy perspective. I'm like, well, what would it be like? You know? Yeah. Because uh, you know that's constantly this, these questions constantly come up. It's like, okay, let's break it down. Let's let's think about what we take for granted in uh-huh. a different light. Yeah. How would how would you uh, construct something that we cannot perceive? Or it's it's like. Uh, in epistemology, one of the, the uh, classic scenarios is so you have a culture of people who have uh, never been able to, to see, you know, and then one guy is born with the power of sight <laughs> and, you know, he tries to, to bring it back and explain to everyone there's this, there's light and there's colors and, and he's trying to, like, convey these concepts. I think, I think that's interesting because that, that reminds me of, of a previous episode we had on Synesthesia where. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean yeah. didn't realize he was a synesthete. Yeah, but that seeing uh, the alphabet in different in colors, colors yes. is weird. So, yeah. so how would the only guy who could see know <laughs> that he was, that he was the only guy that he could see? Right. But it, again, it's like, how do I know what I perceive as brown and yeah. what you perceive as brown? I mean, so that's, you know, that's, maybe you perceive it as purple, yet we just call it the same thing because uh-huh. we both because point at that. Because everything is perspective-based. Everything is perspective-based. You have to yeah. take your position. Mm-hmm. Which is, this goes back four years to a you know, a philosophy club meeting that I had where this, this one grad student who was working on color basically came to the same conclusion. is that yeah. there's nothing, it's all, um, I forget how she head. put it, but yeah, basically <laughs> colors are all in your head. Um, you know, we can come to an agreement on what um, we, on, you know, a certain dis- a certain wavelength of light. Well, to some yeah, extent, it goes to semiotics as well. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. language based. Yeah. I'm going to call this black. This. What are you going to call it? I'm going to call it green. Okay. <laughs> you see, we're seeing the same thing. We're using different negro. words. But it's not. Oh yeah, it's language. It's not practical for y'all to call the same thing. You know, to treat the same thing differently. You know, we'd like to treat white things similarly. Because you both point at it. It, whatever I'm pointing it at a computer screen. Yeah, She's I was at pointing at, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me into semiotics, because I can, I can tear anything apart. But this is, <laughs> see, now y'all are looking at this from a philosophical perspective. It's good. I like yeah, this. No, okay. Um, any other form spring questions that, that are in here? I, I can't get it to load, so. Oh, okay. Um, well, this kind of gets at, at what we've been talking about today, to, to kind of bring it full circle. What is your idea of the Latin American countries? What do you think of them? Oh my! <laughs> Narrow down. That's a problem. The Latin American That's countries a- are not one culture. That's what I think of them. I think are we going to talk about? We can narrow it down even to geography. Are we talking about South buying? America, Caribbean, Central America? Yeah, do, I mean, technically, do you we, Portugal we should Spain? call it the Americas. Those are Americas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we need a hemispheric perspective on things. Uh, so really, you know, I, th- I think the most we can say about this question is you really don't want to ask this. <laughs> no, you, you're you fine. You should ask it, but let's narrow it down a little bit. Let's, let's be specific. What do we mean when we what say that? What part of the culture America? or what, what part of the news well, events going in there? I don't there? think it's answerable easily. It's like, <laughs> not the way it is. Yeah, no. you cannot say. It, it's sort of like, what do you think of Africa? You know, like, That's exactly what it's um, I it's think big. it's a continent. It's a continent. It's, <laughs> it's got surrounded a lot of people. by oceans. It's, um, it's shaped kind of like an upside down sock. <laughs> kind of. God, it's a very fat sock. 
Um, but that's and, and I don't know. I mean, Latin America is shaped kind of like a balloon. Um, well, again, what is Latin America? <laughs> again, yeah, <it's, laughs> I feel like the person means to say South American, but they just said Latin American because it's I, I don't know, whatever. Because then it includes uh, it includes the isthmus and it includes, well, it includes a lot of Central things. America. <laughs> yeah, so. in the Caribbean. <sighs> yeah. I, I don't. You can't generalize. I mean, it's sort of like, what do you think of Europe? And it's like, well, well the, the reason really it's called Latin different. America is because all of the colonizers that came came from a Latin-based languages, and so because yeah. there were several different languages going on. So calling it Latin American is a. So really, technically, the United States should be part of it because it we're, be. we are also on a Latin-based language. language. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Greek in there too, and a lot of French and English, and French is Latin-based. Okay, <laughs> so a lot of Greek and a lot of... It's basically Greek and the Latin languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Germanic. I mean, I'm sure Germanic French has some Greek going on. I would be Because surprised. English is so very much based yeah. on yeah. French. And they're closely related. Okay. I'm sure so, Spanish. So we're ten, I guess we, we can say about the Latin American countries, they're huge and they're on the other side of the ocean from everything else. So... They're farther away from stuff than some other stuff is. Yep. Yep, indeed. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's way too general a uh, general question. Um, pick one. Yeah, pick one. <laughs> cool deal. Um, all right, well, we, we've come to a, about our, uh, our normal time for, for a show. Uh, I do want to, to kind of conclude with, uh, with a welcome to both of y'all to back to the Austin area or... I guess for the Austin yes, area, period. the first time ever. Really ever. <laughs> um, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, to kind of carrying this show forward and uh, and to doing a lot more in person. Bad philosophies. Uh, what what would you like to to see as far as a, a timetable? I mean, do you want to do every two weeks, every uh, every week? I'll let you know when I've moved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Gotta figure that out. <laughs> not to say that for the next month you won't be uh, available on Skype to, to do yeah, all maybe this occasionally. Stuff. Okay, because we we do still have uh, have a Skype option for anyone and everyone who is uh, who's got something interesting yeah. to contribute and, and would like to, to be on the show. Maybe not everyone. We we kind of do we discriminate just a little bit, but we're not that picky, really. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty open. I mean, we have we've had Matt Legler on the show a lot, and I miss Matt. Yeah, I, we haven't had him in recently. I need to. I think we need to get it's him back been, on here because he's. It's been almost a year. He's home for the summer, I believe. Is he? So, yeah, yeah we'll need to we'll need to get him back in. Here. Yeah, and if you're out there, Mr. Jed Cummins, you're always welcome <laughs> as well. I know you're you're busy with kickball, but whatever. Yeah. So you know. Uh, Sean Brackett, as we were we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier on the show, is now at Texas Tech. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter. So he's, been, he's been there for a year now. About a year, yeah. yeah. Figures. So he he visited a couple of times, and uh, and we had him on the show. I think one of the times that he was there, but mm-hmm. uh, we should get him on via Skype just to, yeah, just for for old times' sake. Um, well, anyways, any uh, any best ways to for people to get in touch with y'all on the interwebs. Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Hmm? Kev's on. Twitter. Amy's not on Twitter. Amy, <laughs> as, as you explained earlier, uh, you check Facebook once every six months? Yeah. Thereabouts? Okay. Computer equals work for me. Uh, okay. Well, then we, uh, then we will leave you. Uh, no contact information. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with Amy, forget about it. Uh, go uh, through you can Kevin. contact Kevin. And he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll tell me. He'll send a message along. He'll tell me. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, you can follow the show at uh, twitter.com slash badphilosophy. Our wiki, as we were uh, talking about earlier, is badphilosophy.com slash wiki, <laughs> uh, conveniently enough. Uh, please, please, please add stuff to it, even if it's something small. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, you can also email the show, if you want to, directly at uh, show at badphilosophy.com. You can email me at uh, steven at badphilosophy.com. And uh, if you want... Kevin. If you want, Kevin, I can... It's, uh, if you I'll want give Kevin, you... email Stephen at badphilosophy.com. <laughs> and uh, I'll give you one guess where all of all of Kevin's mail is going to be going. <laughs> My spam folder. <clears throat> well, we thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, we hope you keep <laughs> criticizing wherever you go. So we'll see you all next time on Bad Philosophy.
coloniology just sounds like the study of colon. I guess that would be coloniology. <laughs> or the study of colons. <laughs> that would be colonology. Colonology? Colonology. Colonology. <laughs> yeah, that'd be right. Colonoscopy. Coloniology. Yeah, coloniology. Coloniology. Coloniology would be the study of colonies, right? Yes. Yeah. Coloniology. How would you modify that? I don't know. <laughs> God, I took a I Greek and no Latin roots class and I, and I have no idea how you would, would actually do that modification. Philosophy.com. This is powerful. I can just say things. <laughs>